0: Hi,
1: I'm Charisma O'Keefe. And I'm Angelica Yard. And we're the heart behind the Heart and Hustle podcast.
0: Every Wednesday, we share a new episode with our listeners on topics that range from business and creativity to leadership and innovation.
1: We also interview some of the best and brightest in the industry and spread our love of entrepreneurship all over the internet with our hashtag BossSoHard.
0: We're on a mission to help you find balance in your life, creativity in your career, and dollars in your bank account.
1: So sit back, relax, and take notes while we show you how to dream big, work hard, and repeat. Hey guys, welcome back and welcome back to me.
0: Welcome Being back, back
1: in the hottest in Florida. state in the
0: union, <laughs> the warmest, stormiest state in the union. Yeah, the love of um, your life, Florida. Oh, <laughs> yeah,
1: I love it. I had a conversation with my aunt, and she was like, "I thought you loved Florida," and I'm like, "Who told you that?" I'm like, "I love Florida, like the way that you like love, like that, like you know, family member, like a sibling when you're little." And they're, like, really messed up, but you're just like, don't talk about them. Like, only I can talk about them. So I like it in that way. Right. Like, I don't want other people talking crap about Orlando, but I'm just like, this humidity but you out can. here.
0: It's like, yeah. Yeah. It's like your mom. Like, your mom is annoying
1: and yeah. you love her,
0: but you yeah. can you can live eight hours away from your mom and it'd be fine. <laughs> exactly.
1: It's like, it's like, you know, it's like, I don't want people saying bad things about Orlando, but I can yeah. because I'm from here. And it's like, I do love Orlando. Like, that's the thing. I love so many things about Orlando, but all of those are overshadowed by the heat. <laughs> it's just like, the heat is that bad. And people don't, like, unless you live here, you don't you understand. understand. You just don't get Please stop telling us, us that
0: it's just as hot where you are, because it's not It's true. not. It's not. Unless like, you live in Arizona like, or yeah, something.
1: Some people are like, oh, it's like really hot here in the summer. Great. That's just the summer. It's hot here all the time. Okay. <laughs> so please take a seat. I'm over it. Ugh. So, but yeah, I mean, the weather was pleasant while I was there. It yes. was it was beautiful, and I was glad that it didn't rain during the March. Um, Which is
0: good, because it rained in Atlanta the whole day. Oh, really? <laughs> like, they yeah, were drowning. Yeah, it
1: rained <laughs> um, yesterday in D.C., so Monday. Um, but during the March, it was beautiful. We got in uh, the night before the March. Our plane was delayed coming in, so we got in a little bit, like, later than we had originally planned, but... Uh, it was fine because my family was awake. They actually, I'm like so stressed out and I'm like, oh, I feel so bad. Like we're getting in so late. And they call me and they're like, hey, we're going to go get some pizza. Do you want some pizza? I'm like, okay.
0: Yeah. Um, you know, things shut down where <laughs> we live at this time. FYI.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So I was like, all right. So yeah. So we got in and like the weather's beautiful. We took the Metro to my cousin's house. It's pretty easy to get to off of the Metro. Um, and that way we could get our cards the next day. Cause I was like, just in case we take the Metro, there's, I'm not waiting in line for a car, because it's crazy. Like, just on our plane alone, just about, I would say, 75 to 80% of people were going for the March. Which is awesome. It was,
0: I love the all-female plane picture on Twitter. I was like, that is the best thing ever. Like, the first thing
1: I noticed on my plane was actually a man who was wearing, like, the official, like, um, March t-shirt, and I was like, oh my goodness, look at him. So then I put on my hat, because I had, like, a pussy hat that my um, cousin made for me, and then, of course, like, all these people start like, Oh, I love your hat. I'm going to the yeah. merch too. Like one guy came up to me or came up to John and I and he's like, where's your hat? So like John and he's like, I don't have one. And he's like, he's like, yeah, my, like my wife's been making them for like three months. Oh like, my goodness. Yeah. And That's I was awesome. Like, awesome. So yeah, it was, it was just really from the, like the first like there, it was like really fantastic. And then, um, at my cousin's house, like his mom, whom I'm very close to, and pretty much is the reason I'm a feminist. She stayed there with my other cousin. So there were six of us In this little one-bedroom DC apartment, but we made it work. And then after the March, I had another cousin, another aunt, both my brothers, and then their girlfriend and boyfriend all come over, plus a few of my cousins' friends. So I don't even know how we all like. I can't even explain to you. Bless you. (laughs) I don't know how we all fit in
0: here. But you did. But we did. Was the power of like the March? And we had like we
1: bought so much pizza afterwards. Like it was because i mean you couldn't like you couldn't necessarily if you got separated which we did uh, we all got separated at the march and we couldn't even like communicate with each other at the yeah. march because like our phones certain places weren't working they were going in and out so it's like basically when i could get like a call or a text in it's like man, it's out and pizza yeah. so but it was it was amazing it was like one of the best experiences of my life um i have never seen more people than that and people should understand like i'm in crowds all the time cuz we live right by Disney, and so, you know, when we go to those Disney crowds and other people are, like, freaking out and their claustrophobic book, I'm like, I'm just kind of used to this. Like, I grew yeah. up in this. And, like, we go to Manhattan all the time. And, like, so crowds don't normally, like, bother me. And not to say that this one did. It was just, like, intense. Because there was a lot of times where, like, if there were, I would say, like, an emergency, like, I don't know what I would have yeah, done. Yeah, you,
0: you didn't have, like, a plan. Like, you couldn't have exit plan because you're wall-to-wall people. Yeah, it was so. insane.
1: And, like, we were kind of, like right in the middle of all of it like because ian lives close enough that we were able to walk so we ended up just like walking we left the house at like i don't know like we got there like uh, like i would say 15 20 minutes before it got real like intense and then everything started so it was like perfect timing um so it was only like i don't know it was like a 40 minute walk probably but um, at one point, like, Ben's boyfriend, Matt, is like, I need to go to the bathroom.
0: Oh, honey. <laughs> so I'm sorry.
1: they, like, left to go to the bathroom. And, like, he, he texted me, and luckily I was able to get it. And he's like, yeah, I, I there's no way I can get back to you guys. So yeah. I was like, yeah, don't worry about it. And then my other brother and his girlfriend, like, they're just, like, the most hipster, like, cute hipster couple that you've ever seen in my life. Like, she lives in, like, Williamsburg and, like... Of course Just she everything does. Of that you she would, like, expect, like, yeah. They're, they're adorable. So, like, they're stopping everywhere to, like, take all these photos and stuff like that. And so, like, we lost them, too. Um, and then Ian had, like, three friends with him and we lost them. So, it's like, we... You know, and then I had other family that was there. Like, three of my cousins volunteered. Another one of my cousins came with, like, her children. Um, But we, like, couldn't even meet up with each other because it was that intense. And they, like, they came over from, like, Baltimore. Um, So I think all in all, we had, just from my family, we had people from Maryland, um, Florida. Well, Baltimore, like, D.C., North Carolina, from Winston-Salem, from Charlotte, um, from Orlando and from Miami so yeah. that was just like just my family we had like so many people there and as you can imagine just in general there was all the we, people. we, we saw all the people. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we, it, was, it was intense um, and like my favorite part of the entire thing there was um, if you guys didn't watch it you should at least watch just this part there was this little girl um, who came on and she's like I don't know six eight she's like a little activist and she came on with her family and she gave like this little speech and she was like if you're, you know, like a kid, don't be scared. And then like what got John and I, and I guess this is like maybe like because we grew up in Florida and like who our like friends are and who our chosen family is, like she then went to go say the speech in Spanish. Yeah. And when she did that, John and I literally both cried. Just because <laughs> of it's did. like I feel like, you know, growing up in Florida like Spanish culture, like especially like Puerto Rican culture has been so Ingrained in like the culture here yeah. and like how we've grown up and like the people we love and the food that we eat and the music that we listen to. And no, how it's we just celebrate. important to
0: be inclusive exactly. and she's doing that at that young age. It
1: made me so happy because I was like, all of our friends who have kids who are feeling, you know, scared because they're brown and everything, it's like she's speaking directly to them. And I don't understand Spanish, John does. I've just, I don't know, well, I guess I'm just lazy and I've just never <laughs> learned it. But it's like, I don't, like, when I'm hearing it, I'm not like, oh, no, I can't understand her. And I don't understand how that, how some people feel that way. Like, some people are like, I'm mad because I don't get this, just speak English. It's like, why? Like, that's so beautiful that she's speaking to her people. Like, that's, that's just, so it was just such, like, a strong moment. And her being able to stand up there and being like, don't be afraid and give this amazing speech and then turn around and give it in her, you know, her, like, give it in, you know, the Spanish language. It was just like. It blew us away, and we were just like both choking up. It was Whew, man, of yeah, you know us. I know, it's like, you know us. I know,
0: I know yeah. you. But it was
1: amazing, <laughs> and um, you know, I, I, I posted actually afterwards on Facebook, and I was like, this was really great. Um, it's not my first venture into activism, yeah. um, but this was definitely unique. Um, and the largest event that I've ever been a part of as far as activism goes or probably anything. Um, but what I thought was interesting because so many people are like, oh, it's so great that there's like no Mm, arrests and no (laughs) this and that. Well, before I got to DC, as I'm like heading there, I pull up this video of some demonstrators that were, you know, somewhere in DC, I'm not sure exactly where they were, but like in the video, like, no one was being violent, like, nothing. It was just signs, people, you know, chanting. And cops were just, like, straight up spraying them with pepper spray. And it was a smaller group. It was a more diverse group. Right. And, you know, I feel like what people don't understand is I barely saw a cop there. I saw one cop. He didn't even look like he was checking for anyone. He was, like, going somewhere. He's
0: like, I am on Snapchat right now. Yeah, like, he was, like,
1: going somewhere, but not, like, in a way that's, like, oh, my God, I gotta go get to this. He was just, like, casually going somewhere. And I know that there were, like, obviously I'm sure that there were cops and stuff that were around, and, like, when you have any sort of event where you get permits, like, you're gonna have, like, law enforcement to make sure, like, things go well. But they, like, I, first of all, I didn't really see any, and I'm sure that the ones that I would have seen would have been incredibly
0: nice. Because there were lots of I white people there. I have seen more vigilant cops at funerals yes. for, like, my own family members than the amount of cops well, that were at some and of the rallies. Like my
1: point was, like, that I have dealt with more police harassment while driving while being black and not yeah. not even breaking any laws, minding my own business, driving, have dealt with more police harassment than I have while protesting the leader of our nation down the street and at his house yeah. so i'm like that what does that tell you about like just the race situation It wasn't even here. just
0: harassment it's just the police presence was exactly. very minimal and it was in very minimal and it did
1: not feel threatening no, it felt they like they didn't have a right to keep us safe as opposed to because you have so many people and you were wonder like is you know is a shooting going to break out is somebody going to yeah. like it would be
0: counter protesters Yeah
1: exactly so it's like if anybody saw cops they felt like these cops are here to keep us safe, as opposed to normally, if you go to a protest and it's full of people of color, you would feel like these protests or these cops are here to, you know, right, do the horrible things that they, they do. Um, and there were people of color there. I think that the people that put on the event did an amazing job at making it very inclusive. And so... There were tons of speakers of color, tons of performers of color. And there were lots of people of color at the event, but there was more white women, of course, than anything. And I think that the way that this country treats white women is very different than the way that it treats women of color. Um, so most of the people, I did walk by some like counter protesters, and they were saying basically, like, black lives don't matter, and you're all going to get AIDS, and things like that. <laughs> and we're just like, OK. Um, but while that, while we were walking past that, there was like a group to the left of us that didn't really have any people of color in it and they started chanting black lives matter. So I do think that a lot of the women that are there are learning to be intersectional and are learning how important it is to show up for people of color. But I don't think that every woman that was there knows that. yet. So I hope that this, um, event and especially black women coming and, and women of color coming out to this event and saying, you know what, you haven't stood for us for so long, but we're still going to stand with you right now because we're going to step up and be the bigger person. But I really hope that it makes women of color that, or the the white women that don't understand that, take the time to step up. I'm lucky because my white friends have all come out and already said the same thing and have already been like, hey, the rest of my white friends, y'all need to get woke and understand that, you know, intersectional feminism is the way to go. And if you're if your feminism isn't intersectional, then it's just white supremacy. Um, so I'm hoping that that's what the march does is open up a lot of people who maybe don't have access to... There are literally to-
0: opportunities right now. Yeah, if,
1: if The Dakota are- <laughs> Access
0: Pipeline has just been approved. So, yeah. if you were there on the march, then you can surely do anything to help the Native American women. And I really want to... Um, I'm going to link to it anyway. There was a thread from a Native American woman that was there and experienced probably the worst march experience <laughs> I've ever read, which I'm, I'm laughing because it it's so ridiculous what she experienced in her um, friends and just being Native American women in a that should have been safe for women. Yeah. And they show up and really be there and they're giving out pamphlets about the Dakota mm-hmm. Access Pipeline for the reason of, guess what? Three days later, we're back to where we started. Where, we started. where yeah. you know, So it wasn't like they were giving out irrelevant information. They were trying to educate and they literally were just met with, you know, like, ugh, yeah. great for being. Thanks for trying to redirect to your cause. It's like, no, this is all our cause. It's all,
1: exactly. If it has to do with being female or being that's the point like that was all it should all be it should all be covered so i really do hope that it kind of um opens the eyes of some people that their feminism might not be intersectional yet because i'm like this this is the time And if you don't get with intersectional feminism now then i'm just gonna have to say that you are white supremacist that's Mm -hmm. i don't really have any in-between words for it because it's like why wouldn't your feminism be intersectional? You can
0: try to join that like group of Nazis and then the outright. And, the, the and you saw that guy get punched, so it's base. not going to work out
1: well for you. <laughs> or, I'm just oh my saying. Gosh, yeah. And I do want to say that I really did like um, Michael Moore's speech um, because it gave actions of what to actually do and the number that he gave to call like your senators and your representatives is two zero two 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 five three one two one um and i i think we should just link to that as well um yep. just so that you guys are out to, like i started calling he said like make it a part of your daily routine and i'm like that's something that i can do it take it takes five minutes to like call two different places and just say like hey i hate you know this person. Don't put them in office. This is ridiculous. Right. Like it's like you don't have to have like a long, drawn out thing. And a lot of times that they ha- they have a little script that tells you what like to what say. to say, yeah. or you can obviously just change a little bit to you know what works best for you. And I think like calling is something that is quick and easy. I think it's great if you can write letters and if you you know tweet and everything else as well. But calling is extremely effective. And there's just the numbers have already been. Like people have been coming out and calling, and it's already been making a difference. But it's like we we're gonna need to fight this administration at almost every corner. Uh, so every day,
0: every day next. at
1: every corner. So it's yeah. like people really, if you're if you've thought about getting into activism and you've never made the step, like now is the time to like jump yeah. in. Yeah, like, step we one. Really need join a campaign of someone that yeah. is
0: up next in the next midterm election, which is 2018. So they're getting ready to. Uh, go out and campaign. Like right now, you yeah. need to look into joining that. Um If you're donating money, donate to, to campaigns that matter. If, and again, if you don't have any money, then pick up the phone and call yeah. and well, try to and fight the administration that's already yeah, that's being. What's wonderful about you know,
1: activism is no matter like what your life schedule looks like or where you're at in life or how much your money financial, you have, there's always a way yeah. to get involved. Like right. if you have like four kids and you're stay-at-home mom and things are crazy, it's like you can still probably make that five-minute phone call but if you you know have the time or you're you're like i can make the time then maybe you want to get involved on a campaign if you have the money you're like maybe i want to throw some money this way but it's like no matter how you decide to do it it's all helpful and it's all very needed um so if
0: you want to keep your business involved. <laughs> and yeah so you listen to podcasts freely under your rights for us to make the podcast exactly and this is why it's important in case people were wondering why it's important for us to talk about it it's because we wouldn't have a podcast without our
1: yeah <laughs> freedom of speech i wouldn't have insurance if we didn't have the affordable care yeah act. so that's something that i'm like you know i, t- I to think Melissa most contractors won't have insurance and she's like i don't know and i'm like great um because that's where my insurance is through because yeah. John's insurance like for spouses is like trash. Right. So there's just no point. Um. So, yeah, like I know most of my friends who are small business owners, that's how they have their insurance
0: as well. Pretty much. So I
1: don't really
0: know. Yeah, what... the freelancers union worked so hard to help get ACA passed um, yeah. just for the fact that private insurance costs for small business owners and freelancers and um, contractors were so expensive. I know I had it before I even be you like worked full time for myself so i know how much it costs and not that it's not any less expensive through aca i know y'all it's expensive but because <laughs> the people always complain like it but i'm like private insurance is exp- it's not just it is, it's not yeah. aca that made it expensive private insurance
1: like so many people complain like oh it's so expensive okay then get involved more and do more things and maybe we can find ways to lower it but if you're just going to sit and complain about it, then I don't really want to hear your mouth. Yeah.
0: Well, if it's expensive, then go to the doctor. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. Make sure you get your checkups. Go like, to your you lady make doctor. Like, you make it pay for
1: itself so that it's worth it. I mean, I thought it was expensive until I found out I had a fibroid tumor, and I was like, oh, I'm glad I
0: have you, because I'm going to need you. <laughs> yeah. Seriously. It's expensive now, but trust me, when you have a serious issue come up, it'll be real like, oh, yeah. thank you, insurance. Exactly. You're so awesome. It's just, you know, us healthy people, it's it, it, it is expensive. I get it, but... It's worth it and it trust me, it's not gonna get be any cheaper what they see. Not at all. Not being there. So spoiler alert. <laughs> yeah. So spoiler um, yeah, alert. we're talking speaking of contractors, we're talking to Kathy Tibbles today about contracting and it's a really interesting interview and you guys need to take notes and be prepared to learn what it's like to hire someone and, and maybe offer them some insurance. <laughs>
1: Maybe because uh, I I I'm like, do I need to go work for someone else so I can get some insurance?
0: Right we up? may have to go get some jobs. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this might like turn into
1: like a podcast about going to get jobs because you
0: need insurance. Yeah. Oh yeah. Enjoy. Welcome back guys. We're so excited today because we have Kathy Tibbles here from WordPress Barista, which is first of all the best name.
1: It is really that ever happened.
0: Thing. It's all the things I love. <laughs> WordPress, coffee, baristas, yes. It's the best thing. Um, and Kathy's coming and talking to us from Vancouver, I believe that's what it said. And um we always like, excited to get people from like different time zones because everybody pretty it's much It's always interesting yeah. to be like, what
1: are you guys doing right
0: now? <laughs> yeah, your morning just started. We're eating lunch, it's fun. So, um, Kathy, we're so excited you're here. And for people who are brand new to you and your brand, please tell us a little bit about what you do and your background.
2: Thank you. I am so excited to be here and talk with you guys. I am the team leader at WordPress Barista. I founded it 10 years ago. And we're celebrating our 10-year.
0: Ooh, Uh, congratulations. That's awesome.
2: (laughs) Uh, And I've grown to now we're a handful of geeky girlfriends. And we take care of bloggers' blogs, mostly. And uh, so we do everything from design, setup, maintenance. We just look after the technical side so they can do the creative thing.
1: I feel like I need to
2: hire you. Right? I'm like, <laughs> I'm
1: I'm just like that was like, I'm like, I know that was just like your bio and not like your sales pitch. And I'm like, but I'm like, man, I really like want to stop doing that stuff myself. So I'm like, <laughs> we'll talk after this.
0: Especially, <laughs> and you, you get a geeky girlfriend. So that's exactly. like a win.
1: <laughs> so the thought of hiring anyone to help with your business can be kind of like a daunting task. So what are some ways that entrepreneurs can get over the fear of delegation? Because I know in the past for me, like I know just right now, I'm like, I'll hire you. But Asking me like three or four years ago, I'd have been like, no, I can't trust anyone with my baby.
2: Mm -hmm. I think uh, there's a couple of, it is a big deal. Like it's a really big deal. Your reputation is at stake usually when you're hiring people to work alongside you. And it is our baby and we work so hard to get it to the place where it is. The thing that really pushed me into it right away, and I knew when I started right out of the gate that it would have to be my business model to not be a solo entrepreneur, is because I suck at designing. Like, I suck at it.
1: It's <laughs> good so to know, though, what um, you're not good at. That's good. Yeah, seriously. And,
0: yeah,
2: so if I'm going to have a web design firm, and I my whole goal is to take away The difficult part. So I don't want somebody to have to figure out the difference between a design and a coding. I mean, they barely know the difference between WordPress and a theme, right? Yeah. So then, divide that up even further. Like, so I knew right away that I would have to have people to help shore up my weaknesses. I think I just gave like away my age. Nobody says (laughs) shore anymore.
0: (laughs) I can't figure out another. Oh my goodness. I got I knew what you meant when you said it so I know I don't know if that means I just like <laughs> I, I would
1: say I didn't so I don't like but you're younger than me so I'm like I mean I've never heard it before like I could get the, get it from the context but yeah. like that yeah I haven't heard I'll that expression I definitely have heard that before <laughs> so
0: there, I tell you something.
1: And <laughs> see other, see I'm learning the other
2: reason that I think is how, why most of us have well if we can get there is to have a housekeeper because it mm. makes more sense to pay them $20 an hour while I'm making 70 or $80, mm-hmm. right? That's like so it true. doesn't make sense to be doing stuff where you could be making more money if you were doing something else. Yeah, that's true. a really so great point. I, yeah, and it, it comes to the point where you're frustrated. You're like, why am I doing this? Why am I doing data entry? Like I could really be making a difference in my company And instead, I'm doing these tasks I could totally outsource.
0: That is a good way to look at it. Like, you could be making more money doing what you're meant to do versus doing the things that you aren't good at and not making money at all. And I think we talked about that last week, about that being some of your... um, what was the word? <laughs> like a uh, part of your profit margins mm-hmm. was wasting yeah. your time on things that you don't want to do. So you can increase your profit margins actually by spending money to hire out a contractor. So that's actually a really good point.
2: Absolutely. I could never be where I am right now if I didn't have staff.
0: That's, oh, Kathy, you're, you're just talking to me. I know, like, because we, it's, it's beyond <laughs> time for us. So I know, I know what my signs are, for, but for people who don't know, what are some signs that it's time to hire a contractor? Oh my
2: goodness, when you're doing stupid things. <laughs> <laughs> really, when you're doing data entry as a business owner, it's time yeah. to hire the house. <laughs> Uh, when Oh, and the other thing is when you spend so much time researching that it's a waste of time. Like if oh, you really man. don't know how mm-hmm. to do something. For me, it's Facebook ads right now. Mm. There's so many, like I could learn, and I'm kind of tossing that in the air. Do I really want to? Right. <laughs> Which is going to be the most profitable, for me to hire somebody or for me to learn it? I'm still sort of debating that one. I feel like that's such a great point comes. How do you find someone that knows what they're talking about? Like I need to know enough mm-hmm. about it, like an overarching sort yeah. of V so that I can hire somebody who isn't just a one-time wonder, I made this with Facebook ads so I can help you. Well, no, just cause you did it one time doesn't mean you can do it over and over
0: again. Yeah, you definitely want somebody that has that expertise versus mm-hmm. them having the base knowledge that you just got. Like at least you having the base knowledge allows you to know if somebody knows more than you do for you, them to take over that part of your business. So that's actually a really good point.
1: I Like just when you said like researching, when you're spending all your time researching, like that hit it on like the nail for me. Cause I'm like, I feel like that's totally me. I'm like, I don't know how to do this. I need to spend an entire day learning yeah. how to do, it, it's like, and it's not even something I want to do. And um, you know, just like we talked about last week as well, it's just like that is a very easy way to lose money. Yep. Uh, <laughs> yep. So, definitely. what are what are some great places that entrepreneurs can find service based contractors online?
2: Well, this kind of plays in. I, I this won't be a very popular opinion, I don't think, especially nowadays in the states, but. I believe in hiring from third world countries. Mm. So I I do my best to provide a couple of jobs at least to families uh, in companies that are less opulent as we are, less fortunate as we are. So, um, onlinejobs.ph, those are all Filipino workers that, um, Look for jobs there so you can post your job. Uh, that's the one. That's my favorite. Uh, and then you can get any country um, of origin or any um, nationality. will look for jobs at Upwork.com or Elance.com. Okay. And then you can also, there's also, you know, your networking groups. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I find that a little bit scarier, actually, because... We make decisions based on emotion and knowing them, where I think as business women, we need to take a step back and do what's best for our company in the long term. Not saying that we shouldn't invest in the lives of our staff once they are our staff, but when we're making the decision about who to bring on board, we need to be a little bit more pragmatic than we we tend to be. We can't hire somebody just because they're nice.
0: Yeah, it's definitely true. I think um, I agree with that aspect. I do actually prefer to hire people from networking, but I will say we, okay. the first, one of the first people we interviewed for a position that we have open, uh, we were really like, oh, we like this person, they seem like such a nice person, we're so excited, and I feel like we told you guys this story last week about them, like, how, like coming on for the first interview and them being like, yeah, I don't have actually any experience in this, but I want... <laughs> This amount of money per hour, which was, like, way more than, like, I started making when I was designing for, like, you know, it was VA work, and we were just kind of like, uh, yeah, no, (laughs) no, but I mean, it's great that you had that conversation and understand, but if we really, like, if I was the type of person that was still emotionally and you know, attached to the person, I would have probably just went through it anyway and lost a lot of money and time and resources. So it is important I feel like for female entrepreneurs to be a little bit more pragmatic in thinking and stop being a little bit less emo I don't think there's anything wrong being emotionally attached but there's definitely times when your business where your money matters your business matters and it's time to put on your your lady boss hat and make the lady boss decisions even as tough as they can be sometimes yeah you put on your big girl pants and that's my daughter's learning this week so (laughs) we're potty training it's fun fun (laughs) sometimes So once you find that person that fits your needs, whether it's from online or networking group or wherever, what documentation should you have in place to start the process? Because I know there's a lot of work that, I mean, not a lot, but there's work that needs to be done and a lot of people don't know what that is. So what type of things should people prepare in terms of onboarding their first contractor?
2: Well, I can talk about onboarding, but as far as the legalities, mm-hmm. that's why I prefer to hire from these websites because they take care of operator. for you.
0: Oh, that's just that's nice.
2: Yeah, <laughs> <That was> nice. <laughs> so they take care of the time tracking. Usually you can log in and see their actual keystrokes, like how many per minute or per hour, so you know if they're working. And I don't, I wouldn't do this all the time, but when you're first developing a trust relationship, the trust is earned, right? Right. And, uh, and I find it, it really helps get things off on the right foot. And the other thing I was going to say is when we're hiring, and this is the thing that makes it so much easier if you're in a networking sort of relationship because you'll understand that person, but I definitely need to hire somebody who understands my culture mm-hmm. because I at first was trying to work with people in a few different cultures who wouldn't work for a woman Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. not gonna work. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no. <laughs> like, and I didn't realize that the reason we were having some communication problems is number one, they can't take instruction from a woman. Mm. And number two, they can't say no. Oh,
0: like Interesting.
2: culturally, oh. It would be to say no. So I have to ask questions in a way where it's not a yes and no, but it gives them sort of an out to ask me a question instead of having to say no in response (laughs) because they won't. They'll always say yes, and you'll never know if they're capable or not.
0: Oh, wow. That sounds really crazy. (laughs) Yeah.
2: Yeah. Like that could provide for some messy situations. Your first couple of hires, are hard. it's hard to do – in our groups, because we're subcontractors. So our rates are higher than if you had a staff member. Right. And so for a lot of us, we might look overseas, but there are the, the cons that come with the pros. Yeah. And some of them, those are two of them, understanding the culture and uh, under, and understanding their grasp of the English language so that you actually can communicate really well.
1: So if someone is looking for um, a company like yours to kind of take over some aspects of their business, uh, and they're looking to hire a contractor, what do you think makes a contractor good for your business?
2: Uh, That's a good question. I think a contractor, I hire for values first. Uh, Like uh, honesty, is really high on my list and so is communication Mm -hmm. and so is friendship because of the nature of uh, what we do communication is usually a hot topic and it's difficult with the technical concepts that we're trying to communicate so anybody I hire has to be really really good at breaking things down like if they're going to be dealing with the public if they're only dealing with me I can train most technical aspects but you can't train things like integrity honesty sense of humor um, being on time like those are things that are difficult to train in somebody but the technical things and the actual to-do items I can train somebody to do so that's that's one of the most important things I always look for is according to my company's values when I'm hiring. And then the second thing is sort of the minimum viable knowledge base. If I can get away with somebody that aligns perfectly with my values and knows everything, that's that's ideal, but not common. Otherwise I wouldn't have a job if it was really easy.
0: (laughs) So what are um, your top three tips when it comes to hiring contractors?
2: Oh, higher for your values. Uh, I would say be very clear about the expectation. Um, hire, like, uh, I always, I, one of the questions I always ask is if I gave you an assignment and you didn't know how to do it, what would you do? And there's no right or wrong answer. Some people will tend to come to me right away to get further instructions. Others would Google it. Others would ask friends. Whatever their response is, it tells you a lot about the person. So depending on the position, if I'm looking for somebody who will do the troubleshooting and not bug me all the time, I go for that. Or if I want somebody to really shadow me, And think like I think then I'm looking for somebody who answers the questions similarly to me
1: Uh, that's so funny because I feel like I haven't been on an interview in forever since I've owned a business for so long but I'm like that's like a great interview question I wonder if they're out there asking that cuz they should be (laughs) like that really gives you a lot of insight yeah Mm -hmm. yeah Mm -hmm. it really does
2: and then the other thing that I think is being very clear on your onboarding process Do you, like I even have my emails, if they're going to be interacting with people, I have my emails templated out and they can veer from them, but they're very specific that I I don't want, you know, here it is, Mm -hmm. thanks and the name, like I want it to be friendly, I want to go the extra mile, the main thing in my business is how can I be kinder than necessary,
1: Yeah,
2: and that has to be reflected in everything that we do. So, and I also screencast, you know, this is what I want you to do. And I'll just do a screencast for it. It takes longer, but it's worth it. It's like when we're we're teaching our kids or making cookies in the kitchen. It's a whole lot messier than if you just did it yourself. Mm -hmm. But it's worth it in the long run.
1: (laughs) Yeah, it's worth it in the end because they learn the proper way to go about it.
2: Yeah, and I've had um, contractors with me for goodness, I think she's on four and a half years now. That's awesome. Same contractor, because when you do hire somebody, you can really invest in them. I feel like part of the privilege of owning a business is investing into other women's families. Like my business supports my family and I in turn can help support other families. And it's really quite a blessing.
1: I love that. That's so awesome. I love that too. (laughs) So are you working on any new products or projects that we should know about?
2: Uh, Next month, I am going to be starting a whole series about plugins. It's kind of, it's on the technical side, not on the hiring uh, side of things. But um, plugins are sort of seen as this candy for WordPress, like, oh, <laughs> so wonderful, and I found this, and I found that one, and this will make my site purple, and that'll make my site sparkle, and oh my oh, goodness. man. <laughs> but it's so dangerous that people don't know what they're doing, so I'm gonna be sort of controversial, and I'm gonna list out hundreds of plugins, and I'm gonna list out the ones I do not recommend, the ones I do recommend, different categories of plugins you shouldn't have, and those you should. So I'm gonna go through the whole thing, uh, and that'll be starting next month so they can go and sign up on my homepage and
0: uh, let them know when we start. That's awesome you definitely have to let, let us know when that's up so we can share with everyone because I feel like that's like such a great WordPress debate yes. <laughs> all the oh, time about goodness. plugins <laughs> and people are like well I found this plugin and it's like but do you mm-hmm. need that plugin and the answer is usually no so uh, I'm excited about that series. <laughs> Oh my well we're so thankful for having you on today kathy thank you so much for yeah all your... thank you for joining us and sharing so much of your wisdom with us seriously we have like so much knowledge all the notes and we'll have this up so thank you so much
2: thank you thanks for having me
0: Hey guys, so we're back with our listener questions this week. If you have any questions, send them over to hello at heartandhustlepodcast.com or you can go to our website heartandhustlepodcast.com and go to the contact page and fill out that form if that's easier than opening up your email browser. But we always want to hear questions about business life, anything because we like to answer questions, and that's, that's what I know we, like we love getting. questions. We do love questions. So uh, just on the the temperature of the country right now, because we've mm-hmm. just entered a new Regime—is that what you call it? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and I've seen this on Twitter, and a lot of people going back and forth. But um, do you believe that talking politics will hurt your business? I
1: would say, if I'm being honest, in a word, yes, I do believe that talking about—I don't—I don't, I don't want to say that it will hurt. I will say that it could hurt yeah. your business. It's not guaranteed. It that will, it will impact
0: your business, whether positively but or negatively. I,
1: I believe that it could hurt your business. For me personally. I don't care because I'm black, and I'm fluid, and I'm female, and I'm radical. And if you don't like it, then I don't want your money. So for me, it's like I don't really want to work with someone who does or work for someone, because I I get so close to my clients, and I'm such a a big part of their business, in a sense. You know what I mean? It's like I'm sitting there finding the heart of their brand, and I'm helping them with their social media. Often, I'm designing their websites. It's like I don't want to do that with them if they don't respect who I am. as a person. So for me, it's like, I am outspoken about politics. That's just part of who I am. And I think that for me, it helps bring the right people into my life. And I do work with everyone from, you know, like black females to straight white men. Like I have clients of all different, all different types of people, but all of them agree that, I should have rights <laughs> um, and so that's like the common thread that I look for in a client is like do you respect me as a human being and think that I deserve rights and should be treated equally great then we can work together right.
0: I definitely I think people um, sometimes think because people will tweet things or say things on Twitter and now all of the time is it in the best worded way as an entrepreneur it doesn't matter if it's politics or entertainment it doesn't matter there's definitely a way of Writing on the internet that shows that you're a professional versus not a professional. That's just my opinion. I'm not mm-hmm. gonna spend money on someone who uses social media the way that my like seventeen year old cousin would you know there's just there are ways to use a uh, social media and that's why you know you you are a professional at tone, but I don't think that you should suppress the way you feel about things either. and I definitely think you having being open and honest allows me to want to invest more in you based on your beliefs and your values. Your beliefs and your core values are definitely what, you know, drive your business. We work with a lot of, you know, small to medium-sized businesses, which usually are more than one person. So it's not like we're going into meetings in the boardrooms being like, fist up in the air when we first get there, being like, yeah. we're ready to start our presentation. It's not that. So I think people sometimes think because people can be political on social media that is somehow that integrates into every part of their business and that's not true. You don't pick up the phone and you say, hey, thanks for calling Charisma. Did you know that I'm a Democrat? Did you know I'm liberal? (laughs) You know, you don't do that. You know, it's not, that's not how it always correlates. But I do don't, I don't think it's okay Hi, to-
1: Chris. Power to the people.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I should change my voice. That was so definitely that. a Black Panther <laughs> outgoing message at some point in the 70s oh, for goodness. sure. Like, late 60s. It's like, power to the people, honey. Yeah. Help you.
1: <laughs> well, and I think that a great example of this, um, if we look back to when marriage equality was, um, you know, coming to be and we had companies like Oreo coming out and they oh made gosh, their so Oreo cute. cookie and it had, like, all the different colors in the flag. And yeah. it's like, they with one ad they made it clear oh, of like where obviously. they stood. And Target and, <laughs> keeps Yeah, making. Target, you know, there's a lot of companies that came out at that time in support of marriage. Um and of course, like I'm sure that there's some people that were like, Oh, well I'm not gonna there shop there anymore because lots I don't, you know, support marriage. But then you had me like all the Oreos <laughs> So it's like, you know, I think it just Dep- Again, like, I, I don't think that Oreo is hurting. I don't think Target is hurting. No. Like, I think Target has enough customers and things are going well for Target. Target is fine. Um, so you just have to decide, you know, what I think works, you know, best right. for you. Um, but for me, I, I don't want to do business with somebody who doesn't, not only just respect me, like... I want them to respect me, but I also want them to respect other people. So if you right. don't like you know, Muslim people, or if you don't like Indian people, or if you don't like Native Definitely. people, then I also really don't
0: want to work with you. So What's cool also about our business and um, us working with a lot of people locally is that we've met a lot of people at events and things, and mm-hmm. so the events are generally mostly very inclusive here, which is one thing that we love about the tech space is that we try to make... Number one, if we find a group that's not inclusive, we just make it inclusive by inviting as many different yeah. people as possible to make it because I think it's important and that's why we know when we meet people that they're very tolerant of others because you're in a group in an atmosphere that the
1: tech space you have to is be really it's very inclusive, inclusive. It's, it's fantastic it's,
0: Whereas some of the
1: other industries here
0: aren't, yeah, a lot of the other industries are definitely you know one race or one gender. But here, you know, it's like you know, broad spectrum people LGBT. Our tech, first of all, tech scene probably has more LGBT people than a lot of other tech scenes as well, which is something that I love about it. So yeah,
1: because we're in Orlando, we're in Orlando. Benefits of Orlando, we
0: do come down. Um, So what are some ways that because we're going to ask you because you do social media that entrepreneurs can grow their social media presence?
1: There's so many ways that I feel like people can grow their social media presence. Um, And it obviously depends on what platform they're using. But I guess what I would say as a general for all platforms is to organize your content and have your content ready to go. I think that if your content is organized and you're uh, posting consistently, regardless of what platform, that's going to be a good recipe for any single Mm -hmm. platform without kind of going into a whole long thing because i could talk about it forever but that's 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 normally my number one is just you know you you need to have obviously would have good content right um you want to have great photos um and you want to have your content ready ahead of time maybe even scheduled out ahead of time if you if your schedule works for that uh, or your life schedule i would say works for that um and then make sure that you're being consistent because if you're not if you're not putting out good content if you're not consistent like it doesn't really matter if you're going to pay for ads or whatever else or get tagged in some account with all these followers. It's like if you're not giving out good content and it's not consistent, why would I continue following you? People are right. going to start unfollowing you if they realize like, oh, wow, well, they're not really engaged and they're not really sharing anything that I think is worth reading.
0: Yeah. One like at. tip that I have for Instagram, because you guys keep doing this. I need mean, you just stop <laughs> uh this follow unfollow game that people are playing on instagram because they're doing all these seminars and social media things it will grow your numbers no lie because people have no idea what you're doing mm-hmm. but um you're getting blocked by a lot of people yeah <laughs> so you know and that makes your account at risk of being deleted so if you don't want to lose your instagram account if, i mean like if you feel like hey i gotta get like three thousand people to get this campaign for dove go for it if you can get it really quickly but I'm telling you you do that long term it will end up deleting your account because they've done it's a lot so of people
1: crappy. it's like, so I, weird I'm all about like you know tics, tips and tricks for social media but I'm also like be a good person like I just I'm not gonna follow someone real fast just so I could be like oh, I'm gonna get their follow and then yeah. cause like the reality is if you're putting out good content and you are consistent you will attract people people will follow you and there's a yeah. lot of people that follow me that I don't always follow them back almost but, like, most of I them don't, <laughs> I don't I don't <laughs> But I don't follow them first and then unfollow them. Yes. They just find me through something exactly. else, and then I still try to.
0: You I try to, go be to follow engaging. Yeah.
1: Like I don't always follow people back. I I won't promise that
0: I do that. No, I but I'm saying you will. But, but you may have I found someone to, through that. Yeah, just I try you. to
1: like go back to my followers there and and like, like their stuff yeah. and interact with their stuff. The reason that I don't follow everyone that follows me is because. Honestly, I'll just be overwhelmed. I yeah. feel like I don't. Instagram see does not have enough my, space to be following yeah, like eight hundred people. I feel like people. I don't th- see all my people as it is. Yep. Like, I'll think like, and sometimes it really bothers me because like it won't show me like. Your stuff or like Melissa's stuff, and I see all these other people's stuff, and then I'll have to like think about it and they'll have to actually go in and type in your name because they'll like won't show up randomly in my feed. And I'm like, yeah. I don't understand when like I'm sitting here liking all of this person's photos. Yeah, why would you not? Well, especially someone like hey, Melissa me? who actually
0: does post, not me because I'm a hot mess, but someone like yeah. Melissa that actually posts every day. You post or almost- a
1: lot though, too. Between yeah. you, you know, between your regular account and your workout account, I feel like you do post pretty consistently. Like, you don't post daily, but I feel like there's a lot of people who I know who post a lot every than you. yeah <laughs> um so yeah i mean it's i i don't want to follow too many people because then it's just like yeah i, I don't get to see the
0: people that i want to follow that's just basically yeah. what that means but
1: i mean i i just i don't get the whole let me follow this person just so that they can follow it's me something second, is, follow I it's i mean something.
0: there's a lot of tools and stuff that people use and that's a lot yeah and I and a lot and of people are Twitter not ones using ones that to yeah. yeah don't do that y'all don't do it be a better person So how do you stay competitive in business? And I like this question because people think being competitive is a negative thing. And I don't, I guess I'm that person that doesn't think that, like, I think being competitive personally doesn't mean that you're against Mm -hmm. other people. It just means you want to grow. And that means being so you can put on other people. That's generally what our growth means. The more we grow, the more the people who work with us and our, you know, contractors and our business partners grow with us because we're trying to. Make as much money so we can make other people make money because that's the way winners. So how do what are some ways that you stay competitive in business now that you're in the world where everyone else is doing exactly what you're doing right
1: now? <laughs> um
0: you go first. Welcome to our I world. Went, I went first. The Welcome other time. to our world. I'm like, there is, um, in this space, and it, it's interesting because we answered uh, the, answer the question in the, um, we were talking to Kathy about, she was like, do you guys do the same thing. And we're kind of like, yeah, but no, because we, we do, but we, we don't. Yeah, we
1: kind of specialize. In yeah, they're are definitely
0: specializations. Um, So I think that's one of the ways that we stay competitive is that we specialize in certain things that not everyone can specialize. We're really one of the only branding firms in Orlando which is surprising considering the amount of digital marketing agencies that are in Orlando, but they don't specialize a lot in branding. Mm-hmm. So that's definitely where we kind of have a leg up. We don't do a lot of media buying. We don't buy billboards. I don't know the numbers to those people. Um, So, you know, yeah, we're losing out on big numbers on that, but we do make up on the side of where we can help you build a brand. So um, one thing that we do to stay competitive is just be current, mm-hmm. be present. So that's why we enjoy networking and being... um around being present on social media Uh, we make sure that we are always involved in our community whether it's locally or i feel like um you know there's a community of black creatives online there's community of black developers women developers like i'm always in those marginalized group trying to get people first of all to know that hey we're here and we support and so the more that business that i get or the more leads that i get i usually refer a lot of those leads out because i don't they're not right for us and i think that's one way to stay competitive is be inclusive of other businesses in your business, and not isolate yourself. So that's one of our my biggest like secrets, I guess. If people are like, "Oh, how do you stay?" and I'm like, the secret is I just give business away. <laughs> that's generally because then business comes back to me. That's generally what yeah. referral based businesses do: is that you give business, and people give you business. So that way you're not out here having to buy Facebook ads, and then you know, f- for being a a web designer, guess what? Nine thousand other people <laughs> are yeah. as well. So. That's generally and just um uh, I found that we just wanted to just public speak, but I feel like public speaking also is a way to kind of show that your expertise in an area that people are like oh you can talk about it that must mean you know a lot about it and it's like I mean I know enough but I'm not a professor but it really does put you in a place of I can respect your business because you've been put on a stage somewhere so I think that's one of the things that we really enjoy doing.
1: I think that I stay competitive um, by. Focusing on an area and really delivering in that. So, for me, um, one of the things that's most important to me, there's like two main things that I really want my clients to go home with. One is a brand that they're not going to have to update constantly because I've seen so many like bloggers, small business yeah. owners, entrepreneurs like go through like a new brand every year. There's
0: completely new if brand. If you're on Fiverr every week, yeah. you know why.
1: And so, <laughs> I'm like, that's one of the first things I talk to them about is like, listen, if you. End up hiring me, we're going to be working really hard to get to the core of your brand, the heart of your brand, so that, you know, your brand speaks for you and we don't need to do this again. Like, you don't need to pay for branding over and over and over, and instead we'll just do updates to your brand to modernize it over time. So, you know, it's very important to me to do that. And I think I do, which is why, um, you know, my clients then go tell other people, like, this brand is finally finding me. The clients that I wanted. This brand is, you know, communicating to people. It's it's weeding out the people that weren't the right client for me and bringing me exactly who I wanted. And you know, now it's been two years or three years, and I'm still happy with this brand. So I think that like specializing in that and then you know, people liking what I do and then telling other people, like word of mouth, has been yep. really beneficial for me because like before I officially opened Seven Twenty Five Creative, I started doing this. Um, while well, I still had my photography business and at that point everything was just word of mouth. Um and so I really it's, built it it is still is Yeah. <laughs> like, you talked I still, about it but still, it like, still is word about the you know, I built up the business word like through word of mouth before I really even created a site and put it like, which I don't necessarily recommend yeah. people doing that way. What, what people have to understand is that I was already in the creative space and I yeah. was surrounded by creatives and entrepreneurs. So I did know a lot of people and, and people trusted me as a photographer. Um, so I think like my credentials with that helped people be like, okay, if she thinks that she can do this then I'll trust her. Um, so, you know, but I built it all word of mouth. And I think that that's still like, that's still one of the things that's helping me. Um, and then also like, just really, like, I focus a lot on social media and my clients, if they want to, which not all of them do. For some of them, I just manage their social media, so that's that. But the ones that want to learn it, I'm really into the idea of them learning and understanding every aspect of it. Um And so the honesty and the transparency, I think, is what gives me a competitive edge. Um And I also think, like, being available to my clients, and I don't want to say that in a way that I'm telling people to, like, be available 24 seven because you obviously need to have some work life balance there. But to give you an example, um, last week I had a meeting with a client and it was inside of a Chuck E. Cheese.
0: Yeah. And that <laughs>
1: sounds crazy, um, but the reality is, is that my client has a three year old daughter and her husband was working that day and we needed to have a meeting before I headed off to D.C. and so you know and we needed to have it in person because we just had a lot of things to go over and so had we had met in a place that was like a Starbucks or whatever like her child would have been all over the place whereas like with the Chuck E. Cheese we were in, like it was early in the morning so like right. we we're the only ones in there so it was pretty quiet and her child was able to like run around and play um, still in her eyesight so that we could just go over these things so I you know came in with my folders and my computer and plopped down into a booth in Chuck E. Cheese and I I just wanted to be able to be available to her, even though at that moment she couldn't come into more of like an office setting. Yeah. Um, so that's important to me just to just be available and I guess meet in creative ways if need be. Um, <laughs> I'm not saying that you should answer the phone at 10 o'clock or that you should have clients texting you, mm. you know, that's not necessarily what I'm saying, but I'm just, I like to You're, make sure oh, yeah. that they know that I'm invested in them as a person as well as yeah, as just their not business. just a business, which I exactly. think is important
0: in supporting female entrepreneurs. Is that you, they have kids? Spoiler well, mm-hmm. alert: a lot of the times, and um, that's really not, like I think that's so supportive of you of her you know she's saying i'm gonna invest in you but you are saying i'm investing in you by going to Chuck E. cheese which again we talked about we've never been in since the 90s i don't think (laughs) it looks
1: the same by the way (laughs) which
0: is funny yeah the pizza still smells bad too oh no
1: so um send us your questions for next week you can reach out to us on twitter at heart hustle pod on instagram and facebook at heart and hustle podcast and use the hashtag boss so hard to show us what you're up to and how you're killing it this week yeah bye guys we'll see you next week